Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 76 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up today with our guest, Joy, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Joy earned a master's degree in environmental engineering from Arizona State University and has worked at a semiconductor company, Intel, and now is currently the Sustainable Chemicals Manager at Nike, yes, the shoe company. Welcome to the show, Joy. Fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm excited to talk with you today and to share a little bit about my STEM journey. So let's dig right in here. So you've got an environmental engineering degree, a master's, and we've had environmental engineers on the show in the past, and they've been typically been in the remediation where they're cleaning up you know, landfills and, and waterways to get all the, the pollutants out. But you took more of an industrial path. Can you go into why you chose that path? So when I was in school, I actually thought I would go uh, in more of a remediation path. I was in my courses talking with professors and people kind of automatically assumed that you would go into some sort of consulting role with a, a local company. And I had a few internships while I was in college with those sorts of firms and they were great. They were experts in their field and uh, worked with other governmental organizations or local towns or whoever needed help to do that remediation. But it just didn't fit quite right for me. And I was talking with a friend who worked at Intel, and I had no idea that Intel even had a need for environmental engineers. And it turned out uh, this friend of mine uh, knew someone who was an environmental engineer there. So I met them and uh, they shared their story with me. And it became readily apparent that pretty much any big company, uh, especially those that are global, uh, have a need for environmental engineers. There is uh, a lot of change happening in the world today, a lot of regulations that companies have to deal with, and they want experts in-house who can help guide them through the regulations, can help make sure their products are the best that they can be for the environment. And so I found my path and have been loving it ever since. All right. So, Joy, you said you you had some internships in remediation, the consulting side, and you, and you kind of didn't like it. What are some things you didn't like about the remediation aspect? So the remediation aspect itself I loved and is kind of the reason I went into environmental engineering in the first place. The part that I had a, a little bit more of a hard time with was, I guess, the consulting world. So when you're a consultant, uh, you are supposed to be the expert and you uh, work with, with all kinds of different people to share your expertise. And the whole process of uh, RFPs, RFQs, these um request for qualification, request for proposal that go out, essentially the consultants respond back with their best uh, guess on how they could solve certain problems. And while uh, the ultimate work that once a job was received was really cool, it was that whole upfront business process that I wasn't a big fan of, not because there was anything wrong with it, but because I wanted to be more technical and I wanted to spend my hours more focused on solving problems rather than uh, 
trying to coordinate costs and proposals uh, beforehand. So while remediation is important as an environmental engineer, I just now work with those consultants who are, you know, actually doing the work, doing the designs. I make sure that we choose the right kinds of people to do them for these big corporations. So in the in the corporate world, right? So you worked at Intel, and I assume in the manufacturing side, right? Because there's chemicals being used in, in pretty much any manufacturing flow. And and now you're at Nike. So I'm thinking Nike, you know, I'm thinking running shoes. I, you know, chemical, environmental engineering doesn't come to mind, but you know what? I just don't think that way. So could you go into I didn't either, what you so do? That's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, the way that I explain what I do today is I work uh, globally across our entire supply chain with the experts that are actually doing the manufacturing. So I have a technical background in environmental engineering, and I can understand when people are telling me about uh, pH and about uh, chemical reactions that are happening. And so when they're sharing that information with me, I can help direct them in ways that maybe uh, they hadn't thought of, but maybe we as as a company would like to move in. So using less harmful chemicals and trying to protect human health in the environment. You also have a master's degree. How important was that master's degree or would a bachelor's of science in environmental engineering be enough? That's a great question. So I have a lot of college students ask me that when I, when I speak with them today. And uh, it kind of depends on the route that you want to take. So I want to be very transparent. I don't think there is any one right uh, path for a single person to take. For me, uh, I knew that I wanted to focus on environmental engineering. And that type of engineering today is becoming so much more technical and so much more focused that in order to Uh, be a practicing engineer, you really do have to have your master's degree. So when I was actually in school, I thought I wanted to focus on water. So most of my courses were focused on water uh, and a lot of my class projects were on water. And it's just one of those things that sometimes you need to get a little bit deeper, uh, which maybe you can't access as much in an undergraduate degree. Uh, in order to be productive in the field. But, you know, everybody's career is different. Uh, I actually ended up focusing a lot more on air treatment than than water or wastewater. And so I even went a little different path than I thought I would. There are certain types of engineering that really getting a master's degree is not required. And uh, especially if you don't have to have what they call licensure or uh I am what's called a professional engineer, so I'm actually certified design documents and to to stamp documents of design. But some people don't want to do that, and some uh, types of engineers don't have to do that. So just listen to yourself, learn uh, what your interests are, and don't push yourself to to purposely get more schooling if you don't know what you want to do. It's not worth the time. Yeah, thanks for that, Joy. And, you know, for, for STEM Nation, right, juniors, seniors in high school, you know, early college students thinking about what do they want to do. So somebody might be going for environmental engineering saying, hey, that, that sounds kind of interesting what Joy is doing. Could you describe what a typical day would look like? And I, I know there's no typical day, but what would you do mm-hmm. throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, there's no typical day, and that's one of the allures of this type of role is that your days are always different. For me, uh, one of the big standards in my day is working with people. 
So while I have a technical degree, while I love getting all nerdied out about math and science and uh, the technical specifications of some designs, I actually work with a lot of people on a day-to-day basis that don't have that background. And so I, for lack of a better term, act as an interpreter. So I share my expertise with folks that have experience in things that I don't, and we work together to solve problems. So each day, uh, I could be in the office, I could be out visiting a manufacturing site, or uh, it just I could be consulting with a different engineering firm. It totally, totally depends. I do work a lot with people around the globe, so I am on the phone fairly significantly, uh, but I love that. I love working with people from different cultures, with different backgrounds, and sharing my expertise, but also learning. Each and every day is an opportunity to learn. Yeah, that's some good insights. And, you know, Joey, if you had to pick just one thing that you think we don't know about manufacturing and remediation or environmental engineering in the corporate world, what would that one thing be that you think would be very interesting? That is a great question. I would say that... Given that I was in school for environmental engineering and I didn't even know that large corporations had environmental engineers, I would say uh, that these big companies that exist in the world, when you make a small change there, the ramifications can spread so much further than just your little ripple. I think uh, the small changes then that you and I make on our own day-to-day lives can have really big impacts. So your decision of Uh, what kind of containers you use for your drinking water or uh, what kind of food you choose to purchase. If everyone in the world were to make little changes, those would really add up to be significant to our planet. And it sounds like you have the ability to make very large impacts by decisions you make during the manufacturing flows. Exactly. And there are things that, as you said, you wouldn't expect need environmental engineers, but most things that we create, gosh, in our world and what we use, we drive cars and we uh, travel on roads and across bridges and we put on clothing every day and we uh, use technology every day. Each of those has its own footprint that can be examined and really honestly can be decreased over time. All right, Joy. And if you had to pick one thing that really has you fired up today in in any realm, what would that be? I am very inspired by the movement I see in our community today around awareness for uh, environmental needs across the world. Uh, Just giving an example, the IPCC, it's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, recently released a big report about climate change and how our world will be changing over the next, gosh, many years. And some of the things that are in there are a little bit scary, but I'm very jazzed about the fact that people are talking about this report. And it's not not just the sciencey folks that are talking, it's in the news, it's people are talking about it with their friends. And we really can see a movement beginning that people are paying attention and companies are paying attention to this gosh, this fire that's burning in everybody's hearts to really change and to really make a difference for our planet. All right. Thanks for that, Joy. And we're going to move into a story, an aha moment. You've had something that you turned into success. What I would say 
an aha moment for me was when I realized that sometimes people connect more with your story than with you being right. So when, uh, when I was in school, you know, you're taking tests and you're writing papers and you get graded on your accuracy and how, how close you are to the correct answer, which is great. And we all learn very technical skills by, by going through school and, and answering those questions. But when I got into the work world, I realized that that at the same time was not enough. That people want to hear why you're doing what you're doing rather than just hearing your answer. So a good example was uh, I was working on a project that had been shared with me by my manager. And there was this chemical forming in a manufacturing process that we didn't know where it was coming from. And my goal was to figure out where it was coming from or how it was being caused. And I figured it out. I worked with a team of other people and we learned how it was being formed. But when I was sharing that with my manager and the rest of the other teams during a report out, I was kind of surprised that nobody seemed to really care that we were successful at our job. We had figured out where the chemical was coming from. But until people really understood why it mattered, that that chemical could have been causing a problem in manufacturing or that it could cause some concern for the environment, that nobody really cared uh, where it came from. So instead of just giving the answer, instead of just being right, I instead had to work with my group and share the story, share why everyone should care, share why this was a problem, and then get everybody on board to make a difference and fix it. So it's a little bit bigger than just being correct. Yeah, Joy, and it's interesting, right? It, the why behind an answer, you know, why, why, why? And actually, that was some feedback I had on the podcast um, from some listeners was, geez, I wish you'd ask why they went for that or why <laughs> they did this. So I've, I've incorporated that into it and, you know, take that feedback and, 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 and continue to improve. So that's some very that. good insight. And STEM Nation, you know, listen, listen to what Joy is saying, right? Figure out the why, you know, not just the answer, but the why. Almost take, you know, the person that's listening through a journey, right? And, and mm -hmm. they'll be much more in tune to what you're saying. Tell the story. Yep. Abs absolutely. And Joy, in order to do what you're doing, right, you had to go get a degree and you had to get through college, just like all the other engineering professions. If you could go back to when you're 18, what's some advice you wish you had back then that you could instill in STEM Nation? So uh, I would say that we all get told to do your best in school and to achieve and to uh, dedicate your time. And I fully, fully agree with that. Uh, I've had many opportunities come out of my college experience and, and being successful in school. But what I would recommend or what I would have told myself if I was looking back uh, is to focus a little bit more on your relationships that you're building and a little bit more on your own self-care. So, of course, show up to your classes, take your tests, do well. But sometimes it's actually more important for you to uh, meet the other people that are in your class and to build a friendship or a relationship with them. Sometimes it's really important to create that relationship with your professor, learn a little bit about his or her life and what got them to the place where they are today. Maybe you can find a mentor who is actually out in the field of someone that, gosh, has a job that you would look up to and spend some time 
yeah, I don't know, grabbing coffee or a tea or going out to dinner with them. And instead of focusing on what you can get out of it, just take an opportunity to ask them questions and learn what their story is. Um, I also do think it's important to have time for self-care. So we all are so busy all the time. You know, that word, quote unquote, busy just shows up everywhere. Uh, but take some time to do something that's not necessarily STEM related to go for a run or to take a yoga class or, uh, I don't know, hang out with friends. It's important to have that well-rounded life so that you can dig deep, do your science focus when you're, when you're in it, but that you also have a balance outside of in your, the rest of your life. Yeah, and Joy, you brought up mentorships, right? So there's a lot of students, you know, heading into environmental engineering, and you are an environmental engineer. Would you be open to students contacting you on LinkedIn and striking a conversation? Absolutely. I really value connections that I have with students. So today, I'm actually really involved in an organization called the Society of Women Engineers, and I work a lot with collegiates through that organization, Shannon oftentimes serve as a mentor. I have a couple of long-standing mentor-mentee relationships that some of them were more formal and some of them were just people who reached out and wanted to ask a question and I could maybe talk with them for 10 minutes and give them a little bit of insight. I think uh, having those connection points, whether it's short-term or long-term, is something that gosh, you, you can't put a value on. So absolutely. If anyone would like to talk environmental engineering or about the direction that they see their career going, please absolutely reach out. I am definitely on LinkedIn and would love to hear from you. Yeah. So STEM Nation, you can go to the show notes on stemonfire.com and Joy's link to LinkedIn will be there. Click on that and uh, form a connection. And Joy, it is lightning round time. Are you ready? I am. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I would say that your time spent reflects your values. And let me explain that a little bit. So we all have 24 hours in the day. And I mentioned that term busy. Everybody says we're all so busy. So look at how you spend your time during that 24 hours. Are you investing in other people? Are you investing in your own learning? What kind of projects are you working on? And Think about uh, if there was someone who didn't know you that looked at your calendar, what would it say? And would it adequately reflect your values? I think that's something I look at on my own uh, probably once a year and say, is this where I really want to be investing? And this is the best place that I could spend my time. And a personal habit that contributes to your success. For me, I am very passionate about uh, movement and meditation. So I practice yoga and I'm actually a part-time yoga teacher. And I find that meditation helps me to calm my mind and to really be present in the day-to-day -day happenings of my life. All right, Joy. And you've provided tons of value along the way, but we're going to ask you for just one more as a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation, and then we will say goodbye. Well, uh, my parting piece of guidance would be find an experienced per person that you can talk with. So whether that's someone who is in your same uh, year in school, who maybe is better at a certain subject than you are, go talk with them. Or maybe it's someone that has been in the field that you're interested in for 
five or 10 years or maybe even 20 or 30 years, go talk with them. Just creating those relationships is ridiculously valuable. All right. Thanks for that, Joy. And with that, we will say goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for, for letting me be here. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed that chat today with Joy. You can head over to stemonfire.com, check the show notes, get all the links, and please subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings. And also subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player and share it with a friend. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM degree.